And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to Redside Trent as Forest prepare to face West Ham this weekend in a rare 3pm kickoff to preview the game. Our fellow Reds fans, Matt Barnsley and Elliot Bauer. Chaps, are we well? Elliot, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. It's uh, it's just an honour to be on this podcast. I listen to a lot. So thank you very much for having me. Thank, uh, thank you for, for listening and being a regular contributor to it. Matt, are you well? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good to have boys. I'm very well. I hope you are too as well. Yeah, all good, all good. So a recap uh, before we get right into it. Before we get into West Ham game, um, just wanted each of your thoughts on the seat on the Newcastle game. Actually, first of all, um, Matt, we'll start with yourself. Um, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, just a brief overview. Uh, I thought it was pretty mixed bag. Really, I thought the first twenty five minutes was um, was probably as ordinary as the bin as the bin all season. I thought they kind of gave Newcastle quite a lot of respect, and I think that was reflected in um, in the amount of ball that they had. Uh, I know I mentioned to the lad I sat next to the two centre halves. There was just um, it was quite easy for them to play out and play through midfield, and a bit of lack of press on our part. Um, and then and then after we scored to equalise, I thought we kind of kicked into life a bit, and the crowd got into it, but. As I'm sure we'll go into it later today. I thought offensively going forward, I thought we looked the part and we looked like it was coming together. But defensively, it was um, it was very schoolboy, particularly for the second and the third goal. Which, to be honest with you, defending the manager, you can't you can't legislate for what Alanga did and and letting the ball bounce for the second goal. So yeah, mixed bag really. Uh, plenty of positives, but but they're shooting themselves in the foot for for the same reasoning. Yeah, what what any, what's your thoughts on it? Well, um, I can't really add on what Matt just said there. It's just echoed, really. Um, if if we are that good in attack, why are we just so bad in defence, particularly on like free kicks and stuff? It's you know, like surely enough, we're we're better than this now. We can do all the 
uh, we can stop all the naive defending regarding like free kicks and stuff. I think if we stop that, then you know we're we're onto something good. But right now, it's just not happening, which is weird. Yeah, it's it for for me. It's a lot of basic errors and 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 whatnot. I mean, I've I've got something to ask you um, both actually about what what's what's your thoughts about how we set up in set pieces in terms of zonal marking and and then also I've noticed this about a lot of previous managers. We don't leave any players up to attack uh, like if we ever win mm. the ball. Um, Elliot, start with you. Yeah, um, I I. I'm usually in block P and there was one one guy behind me going absolutely bar me like why are we not leaving somebody like Taiwo etc like on like for for these kicks like why are we not why are we not doing that so yeah I I do sort of agree with you in a way but obviously of course they're the ones to answer for these like free kick set piece like mistakes they should start you know really learning this in training and hopefully one day particularly this west ham game which i'm terrified of james ward prowse uh you know just just banging some in for them so the the only thing i can say is just basically sort it out oh wow fair enough matt what's your what's your take on it as a as a forest fan what is it a pet peeve of yours or do you think it should be better to even you've got 11 men in the box um, I always think that particularly with, with Taiwo's kind of presence up top, and particularly because he gives you that outfall, doesn't it? So if you if you defend your your if you, you defend your, your eighteen yard box and you play the ball out, because his his presence is so big and he's got the ability to hold the ball up and bring other players um into play, it kind of I don't I never see the logic behind absolutely um jam packing our eighteen yard box from from wide free kicks and, and corners because you're you're Basically, when you clear the ball, the opposition are guaranteed to recycle it straight away, and it, it just it keeps like consistent pressure. Um, so I, I don't see any logic. I, I see even less logic behind it, even more so at the moment because they're packing the box with eleven players and they're still not defending balls into the penalty area. So it all kind of like devoids the point really. But yeah, similar to what Elliot said, it's I, I find it very illogical. Yeah, for for me, leaving like Alanga and and Hudson Odoi would be more beneficial I think to us because you're giving everyone else a 50 meter head start already once the goalkeepers caught the budget I mean their teams are leaving players back sort of thing and when you've got pace like we've got and I mean I don't expect Talanga yeah. or Callum Hudson-Odoi to go and attack a ball and, and, and win it from a, from an aerial point of view but it, it's, yeah exactly that's what I was just about to say like right? just like leave Alanga up because you know he's not really doing much in the box but you know how rapid his pace is so yeah I concur that yeah absolutely um what have you both made of of Nuno since he's come in obviously there's a lot of chat online saying we've only won mm-hmm. one in nine and well majority of that's been well half of it's been the FA Cup um thoughts let's start um, with you Elliot Starters. Okay. Um, there was uh, another podcast. Um, if you know uh, Emily from um, a, a, another podcast, she does East Midlands Today. Uh, she summed it up perfectly. Um, regarding like Steve Cooper, you are allowed to love Steve Cooper and what he did for the club, but at the same time, you can be one hundred percent behind Nuno. Now we've seen Nuno's experience, like uh, like from like previous clubs. You, you know he's a good manager, but the thing is he's got to work with what he's been given. So obviously, of course, he's had this sort of Afcon lark. He's had um, like 
X amount of injuries and some players being ineligible for some games. This is the kind of thing he's got to work with. This is not his team just yet, but uh, just give him like um, X amount of more windows and we'll just, just see where he's, where he's at. But I, I want it to be just be a long-term thing where he's, he's here for well the long term. Yeah. Matt, anything to add? Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's pretty similar, really. I think it's been... I think uh, I had a conversation with somebody who was sitting next to me the other day, and I think since the Man United game and the euphoria of that, I think we've, obviously, because of AFCON, we've we've plugged gaps, really. I mean, I know, I know fans might want to hear this, but I, I think the FA Cup's been a bit of an inconvenience. I think it's the, it's the least of the, the least of the priorities this season, even more so with going into the end known with FFP and potential points deduction. I'd even go as far as to say that the, the FA, I think the Man United game is probably a game we could, could do without. Um, but I think what one thing we've really struggled with since Nuno's been here is continuity. So, for example, I thought Sangara had his best game in a Forest shirt away at Newcastle on Boxing Day. And then he picked up a knock, and, yeah. and then he hasn't. Then he hasn't played since. Um, and then what? One, I think with Nuno, I think he's he's calibre in this league in terms of what he did. What kind of speaks for itself, but kind of, and I, similar to Elliot, I believe it should be like the proper proper footballing cliche of the, the commodity of time. Um, but I, I just think just we need the continuity. We we need the continuity back with players coming back from Afcon, which I think will settle us, and I think results will reflect that. But if I'm being critical. And I don't want to start going down um, kind of blind alleys with like, but going on to the continuity thing. So, for example, I know this is being said with a massive amount of hindsight, and I get that. But I, I went to the Bournemouth game, as did you, Wilco, on the um, on the Sunday, and Omadoma Belly and Murillo, I thought were phenomenal. And I thought we shuffled the pack again on Saturday night by putting Niakate back in there. So, and I and I think that I'm not saying that's the reasoning as to why certain mistakes were made, but I think with centre half partnerships, you've got to you've got to have that consistency, that continuity, and we're, we're changing it every every other game, which I don't think is helpful. But yeah, similar to what Elliot said, I think I think we I think over a period of time we get a settled team, hopefully stay injury free for the rest of the season, get a settled team, and I, I truly believe that results will will start to come good for us. Yeah, yeah, I think. To... Sorry, oh, no, yeah. you're going to say. Uh, yeah, I was uh, also going to reflect on the Omar Bamadeli and Murillo case. Uh, those two against Arsenal, they did not deserve to lose that game, but it it happened. Yeah. So yeah, those two were great. I like looking forward to the future with those two. Yeah, or just to caveat what you said, Matt is I think because against Man U and against Newcastle, Niakati and Murillo were so good together. Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess Nuno's kind of was tempted by well let's get them back together because they were so good in the two games that I've actually won this season in the Premier exactly. League with Forest. And I guess that's probably what came into his thinking. I do think that Amabamadile has been incredibly patient, been been really good since he's come in as well. Looks he looks very, very good prospect and definitely one for the future. I think all eyes are on Murillo, but I think uh, there'll be a few maybe a fl flittering eyes over at Amabamadile as well in the future, but hopefully we can keep both of them for a, for a decent amount of time. But we'll move on. Um, just want both your thoughts on the uh, rest of the season as well um, before we get into like West Ham more in depth. But the obvious defensive frailties we've had, we've actually quite good going forward this season, I think, um, under especially under Nuno. We've scored in pretty much every game, I think. Um, so... Had we won all of our three-two losses, we'd actually be sixth. So that kind of makes you sick to the stomach a little bit. Um, Ellie, let's start with you. What do you think for the rest of the season? Do you think we'll stay up? Do you think? Yes, it'll be. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think it's going to be a uh, sort of skin of the teeth kind of thing. Now, after the game uh, against Newcastle, I was walking down the meadows and I had two complete negative Nellies come up to me going, oh, we're down now, everything's rubbish, we signed 40 players, it's all this turnover, etc. But if you can remember, I think it was around March, April time, where against Leeds away and everybody thought we were done. And obviously, of course, we went on that really nice run after like Brighton at home. Like it's it's not over yet. We can't actually predict what's going to happen. Nobody can. So um, my my take on that is, yes, we will stay up. It won't be pretty and it won't be comfortable. But I think we'll just sort of get over the line after the Chelsea game. That's my sort of like my sort of prediction, really. Fair enough, Matt. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm I'm still reasonably confident that they they can they will have enough. I know it's the elephant in the room, and it keeps going back to it. It's going to be I think it's going to be purely dependent on on the severity of the points deduction. Um, I, I think the initial obviously because we've known about the FFP stuff for um, for what for five or six weeks, and obviously I think the probability of a points deduction of some form is is probably very very likely to happen. I'm not sure it'll be ten points, but I. I think kind of the 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 ideal thing in my mind was that they were gonna we'll get six points, but in the interim we're gonna put a run together and kind of get some gap away from the bottom three, which hasn't transpired. But going on to what I stated before about getting Afcon players back and getting a settled team and results hopefully reflecting that, and I do think they've got some some winnable games, particularly at Nottingham coming up at the second half of the season. I mean, every game in this league is tough, but they've got Wolves at Nottingham, Fulham at Nottingham, Crystal Palace at Nottingham. So they're they're still difficult games, but they're more likely to win those games than they are against Man City and Liverpool. Plus you throw into as well Forrester. There's one thing to learn since our season and a half of the premise. Forrester have been known to pull off results where you maybe might not expect them to. So I'm 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 quietly confident that they will be able to have enough. But I suppose it's just kind of the severity of the challenge we don't know because of the, the unknown surrounding FFP, really. Yeah, for, for me, I think the the kind of tie lies and those away games against Everton, yeah, Burnley, Sheffield United, and Luton as well. They're they're all big games as well. We've, there's no there's no easy games in this league. You kind of look at it. Oh yeah, that'll be a winner. And you never you never get there, do you? Can I just interject on this point? Of course, you can. Um, yeah. Um, now, I see a lot of I, I see a lot of this regarding like podcasters and other vloggers and stuff. Um, they tend to like class like the likes of like Luton, etc. In and around us as like this potentially winnable game, and I'm just going to be a little bit in people's faces and say life's not like that we tend to win games that aren't winnable like liverpool last year at home um the teams we've uh, recently beat are the likes of aston villa newcastle etc like who we are like on a roll but when we get up to games like burnley and luton something just odd happens we just tend to draw them but these easily winnable games they just don't seem to exist like all games in my my personal opinion should be winnable but when we like get up to these things and like this is a this is a must win we must win this we tend not to but then we yeah. get to a, like a real bigger club and for some reason i had absolutely no confidence going into newcastle away and we somehow we won that it's it's just weird being a forest fan 
with think, these games coming up. I think I think the word is complacency there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. That's how every fan has seen it. But, uh, let, let's talk about West Ham a little bit. So they've not won in five okay. games. They've drawn three, lost two, lost 6-0 and 3-0 in their last two games against Man United and Arsenal, respectively. They did have no Lucas Paqueta or Mikel Antonio. Uh, and they've, they've real a lack of real depth uh, at West Ham. Uh, similar run before when we last met, um, where they were on a bit of a, a, a drab spell, and then Charity FC rolled in um, as they do into, <laughs> into London Stadium or the Taxpayer Stadium, as uh, as Christian mm. likes to call it. Um, Matt, what's your what's your off the cuff opinion as a whole going into this game? Um, and, and and to quote Elliot, is it a must win? Uh, I think I, I said I said in the pub about quarter to five on Saturday night, I thought they needed to win one of the two home games against either Newcastle or against West Ham. I don't want to say must win in Feb, but it would go a long way to to settling a few things and probably putting us on the right track. Um, I watched West Ham on Sunday. I thought they looked broken. Um, I thought they looked, they looked, I would dare I say it, I thought defensively they looked worse than we do. And that says a lot. Um, I think they concede a few goals. I think they've they've always got, um, particularly with Jared Bowen, um, they've always got a threat and outlet. So I think that's something that Forrest will be wary of. But I think it's it's I know it's a footballing cliche. I don't want to see like I'm saying things for the sake of it. But from our point of view, to get the crowd up and get confidence going, I think if we can get the first goal, I think we can beat them. But we've got to stop giving teams a goal head start because you just you're playing with a handicap and it's just you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, obviously. So I think if if we can score the first goal on Saturday, I, I, I think we could beat them, um, and then um, hopefully that will kind of set the precedent for for difficult games away at Villa and then at home to Liverpool. But yeah, I, I think it's a game that they really need to win. Elliot. Um, yep. Um, all I all I can say to that is um, I watched the. Uh, West Ham Arsenal game. Now compare that to where we lost two one to Arsenal and it was an absolute disaster. But like going down six nil, um, I would say West Ham are bad, but like Arsenal just seemed to be absolutely amazing as well at the same time. So West Ham will come into this game with uh, and target in the win. Every single team does that. I'm sorry to be blunt, but that's what they do. But the thing is, at the same time. I'm not going to say it's a must-win game, but it's sort of a must-not-lose because morale will just be sort of on the floor for ages. So um, my take on this is um, let's let's all just get behind the team, just like really sort of roll them on because something seems odd at the City ground this season. We don't have that survival spirit that we had last season and like Luton seems to have it this this season. I think we need to bring that back and just roll them on again. And if we do that, I think we're capable of beating anybody. Yeah, I mean, I thought the atmosphere against Newcastle was largely improved. I don't know if yeah. you, if oh, it was. Yeah, if you yeah. yeah. This as well. Newcastle was really good as well, so we really had to like ramp up the noise. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I think something that kind of like plays into our hands is West Ham fans from one week to another either hate David Moyes or they absolutely yeah. love him. So I kind yeah. of think that kind of I, I kind of think they probably think, well, if Forrest beat us, that gives us one step closer to David Moyes leaving. So they might not really want to get behind their team too much because they kind of don't want him anymore. But but I mean, if a bloke gave me is, if, a gave, if a bloke gave me European football three years on the trot and won a title, then I'd be bloody mm. lauding him. He'd be having a statue outside I, bloody I, city I, ground. 
I think the way I look at it on Saturday is I, I think Saturday is a bit of a window of opportunity because I'm right in saying Luton play Man United on Sunday at one o'clock. And you know, Sheffield United play Brighton at one and then Luton Man United at four, I believe. Mm-hmm. So if Forrest can go out, do the business, get three points on the board, that would be a massive win. That would what give us, a, am I right in saying that would give us a five point gap before the rest have played? Yes, give or take, uh, and, and, and that and that that would that would assert some pressure on everybody below us. So I, I think similar to I know obviously they didn't take that opportunity on Saturday, but I think um, Saturday afternoon is another window of opportunity to to assert some pressure, and it's all about confidence and all about um, kind of having cohesion and like I said that um, consistency in the team and and getting players on the score sheet and um, just yeah just general just getting getting the whole place feeling good again because I think. Um, I thought mm. I thought Saturday night was I thought the ground was full of hope and optimism. I'm not sure it was like dead as people are making it out to be, but obviously I think people are rightfully anxious at the moment because the desperation to win is so is so prominent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I I'm I quite like what I've seen from Nuno yeah. so far with yeah. his team. We we go after teams, we attack with the the. I think I don't know how many times that front four has been able to play together this season, but it looks pretty yeah. good. It looked good on Saturday. I thought. I thought that we we created plenty of chances. Did we miss some chances? Absolutely. But I'd rather be creating them than than having to take one or two because that's all you're going to get. Like we were a lot of the time under Cooper, unfortunately. But going into the game uh, as an approach, uh, guys, Elliot, let's start with yourself. Um, okay. Do you do you think we 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 go about it the same? Play four two three one, kind of go after West Ham and 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 really attack them, or would you? I've, I've I've listened to the Forest Focus podcast. I listen to most of the other Forest ones, to be fair, to get, hear hear different opinions. But I think some people have suggested that maybe we try and kind of go back into our shell a little bit. Almost, do you agree with that? Nearly. I would say, um, obviously, of course, don't go like all out attack because you know what, uh, obviously, of course, what happens like defensive wise. But um, it's just basically, like I said before, this some of this attacking play that we do is absolutely excellent. And I just wish we'd do it more. I mean, the start video, you know, the pre-game video, you hear Brian Clough go, you know, that little football, uh, that little football. Um, they had it more than we did. And on our pitch, that's sacrilege. Now, um, we didn't have the ball for ages under Steve Cooper. and But um, with Nuno, it just seems we are getting more of the ball. And it's just a case of, you know, just just be braver on the ball. That's that's all we kind of want from our uh, from our team. Yeah, if you, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but just be brave. That's fair enough. Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just echo that, really. Well, I think I've, I've gone into games now, I think particularly under Nuno, well, obviously kiss of death, and I'm sure you could probably clip, clip this up, Wilco, to come back on me. But I think I'll go into it. It's just, I think my biggest concern going to games now is is an ability to keep the ball out of the back of the net and to be able to defend adequately. Because for me, I, I would, this is a big comment to make, but I would be amazed if we don't score on Saturday. I think I think we'll score. I just think it's a case of whether we can we don't get beat 3-2 again. Um, that's yeah. that, that that's the question that's really in my mind. Yeah, I mean West Ham did beat us three two last time, and that's yeah. like a, the, the curse scoreline yeah. this season. Yeah. But it's funny yeah. because like, the last the last few games um, that we we've had, we're not getting carved open by opposition. Yes, we made a we made a mistake against Arsenal for the second one. The first one's an absolute blunder. But the last three goals we've let like last few goals we've let in have been individual errors and set pieces like. 
we're not getting carved open defensively. We we're actually quite sound in open play, bar Bruno Gamares mm. taking a pop shot from the edge of the box after Hanger gives it away and Danburn performs an, a human screen on, on Nico Dominguez. So I'm 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 optimistic, but kind of what you guys say kind of goes into the lineups because I will put it up and I've actually it, I should have put my own name on this because we've all gone for the same thing, to be honest. Um no, it's not Matt Elliott from, from Leicester, if anyone's watching on For the audio listeners, um, all three of us, this is all three of us, really. The team that we'd like to see is Matt Sells in goal, Nico Williams at right back, Musa Niakate and Marilla at centre-half, Ola Aina back from AFCON, unfortunately, a, a silver medal there for, for him at left-back. Uh, AFCON winner. Well, we got one of them now, as well as a as a World Cup winner, <laughs> Abraham Sangari coming back in for, with Nico Dominguez, Anthony Langer, Gibbs White, Hudson Odoi, and Taiwo Owuni up top. Elliot, let's start with yourself. Um, okay, I've I've spoke with with Reese Christian and Lee in our chat, and Reese seems to think that uh, Alaena and Abraham Sangare won't come back in straight away. What? Why do you think they will? I'm not saying they will, but it's just a case of uh, fullback. You've got like Montiel um, currently injured. Uh, Tavares for me is is not convincing. I'm sorry. I really wanted to do well, but there are times where I'm just like, why the hell did we sign that guy? But there's is also the case of um, Ina just before um, a. a Steve Cooper went a bit downhill. I knew it was going to be our potential player of the season. And um, what um, the reason I've um, also gone with those two fullbacks, Williams and uh, Aina, is because uh, sometimes Williams can play on the left like he does for his club and at Liverpool at home last season. Not everyone forgot that Williams played left back at Liverpool at home last season and was a, is, was very, very good there. So we can always chop and change them. Regarding Sangare, it's basically because he didn't really get much minutes at AFCON and I think we just need that like big strong number six to to, to basically take down West Ham's midfield really. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, Sangari did get in. He got a knock because uh, Sadio Mane, oh, Mane. Yeah, nearly broke his leg, but he seemed he seemed all right. He came on in the last ten minutes in the final and 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 did did his defensive part. Uh, Matt um, Sangari comes straight back in for you for for Ryan Yates, who I've gave a lot of flack to the last couple of weeks, and and it was obviously he's the big he's always the big debate on online. But why why do you think Sangari replaces him? I just, I just think we need similar to what Elliot said. I just think we just need that presence back in midfield. 
Um, and I, I think I think Sangara can do everything that Ryan Yates can do, and is technically better in terms of with in terms of being um, being decide in terms of being decisive. I think my thing with Yates is he's very good at what he does, but he's very one dimensional. I think Sangara is kind of a bit more kind of um, what what I'm looking for. He can be he can pick a pass. It's technical, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, whether they will or they won't, I, I, I think. Did you say it was Christian who said he'd be amazed if they came straight back in? Reese did. Oh, Reese did. I, probably agree with that because there's lots to, there's lots to mitigate against in terms of with the travelling. Obviously, they've Ivory Coast have all been. I know obviously Olorania was on the losing side, but with particularly with Sangara, they had the big party at Ivory Coast, didn't they? So there's that. Um, obviously, getting back into the UK, getting back to Wilford Lane and training. So I think I've, I've put that team more of what I would like rather than what I think will happen. I, I still probably yeah. get a feeling he'll, he'll probably play. Um, he'll probably play Tavares at left back. I, I'm, you know, it's interesting when you know Tavares. I think every and I said the same against Brentford, and I said the same on Saturday. Over a duration of ninety minutes, he does lots of good things. But he also equals that with doing some pretty poor things as well. I mean, there, yeah. there was yeah. there, there was two or three occasions in that first half where um, he literally his his marooning runs forward. He literally takes three or four players out of the game to get yeah. to get us further up the park. Um, it's just it's a final ball thing with him. Um, probably a lack of discipline. Um, I mean that 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 shot in front of the Trent Ten was infuriating, wasn't it? It was just a proper out <laughs> moment. Um, so what do you think of Bournemouth as well when he when he tried to shoot from like forty yards? What yeah. were your twos? <laughs> I mean, he must it, have been just like that. <laughs> I think uh, Reese Reese described it as it was it was nearly in the channel at Bournemouth. <laughs> um, he's done that a few times. I mean, but then again, like we've we've said this on the pod, he, he's very very hit and miss because on Saturday he gets to the byline after a really good ball from a one year and actually has some composure to get his head up and put the ball on a plate for Gibbs White. And unfortunately Gibbs White just misses the the far corner. He's got got it in in his locker and he's very much a bit like a a Jed Spence in terms of like you say, Matt, he can move forward and get, when he opens his legs, he's quite a quick player. He's just very, very, yeah, indecisive and a bit like a bit, erratic i've got a weird fact about balls going in the channel by the way if you want to hear it or should we do it later we we can always have all right (laughs) yeah oh yeah i'm always doing it on rad's vlog so uh but there was uh there's an under 19s team uh in aberdeen i forget their name but one of their players um missed a ball so badly that it ended up in the north of norway Right, okay. On the coast. Um, <laughs> how, how they found that right was... near the sea, don't they? So. Yeah, they, yeah they, fa- they found it on the beach and it had uh, the football team's name on it. So the guy uh, rang up. I'll, I'll probably have to like send you a link or something. But yeah, it's a true story. Someone missed the, a ball so badly that it ended up in the north of Norway from Scotland. But... Elliot, if you're bringing these types of facts to the podcast, you can come on more. It's a football channel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, what what I was going to say is, um, yeah, Tavares, very, very, very hit and miss. I think Nico Williams is almost kind of like, it'd be very harsh on Nico Williams to lose that right-back spot, but I also wouldn't be surprised Ada to come there and Tavares to, to stay at left back because I feel like balance yeah. and Nuno seems to quite like Nuno Tavares. So that's an yeah. interesting one. But how how important do you think them them three, because I include Bolly in this, how important do you think them three are to the rest of the season as well? I'll start with you, Elliot. 
ridiculously important. Obviously, of course, we know Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna doesn't work. But we have also, bear in mind, got uh, Felipe in as well. Um, I just, you know, you just sort of wish that the dude was in his prime. Like, you imagine if we went down with Felipe in the championship, we'd barely let any goals in. That's how, like, <laughs> awesome he would he would be. But, yeah, Bolly does, um, is excellent with his aerial presence. It's it's just a shame that, yeah, he's, he's just like the wrong side of, his, of 30 and his legs have sort of gone. But it was just incredibly harsh you know bought like Bournemouth the way he got a red card like that like Bournemouth are a very weird team they seem to beat us in just an unusual events you know last year you know of course we were very naive gelling the team and uh, that penalty decision regarding Sam Surridge they seem to beat us in weird ways to Bournemouth yeah absolutely Matt yeah yeah I, th- I think they're all I think they're all I with and I think it's where it might come history hopefully might repeat itself so I didn't go I didn't go against Bristol City I listened to it on Radio Nottingham but by my understanding I think Felipe got better as the game wore on and kind of oh, fitter, fitter and sharper so I, I I think at the moment particularly the centre-half partnership is they're, they're, they're crying out some leadership and some experience and I do wonder at certain times, of course, he's not going to start every game, but I do wonder in certain, whether Felipe is going to still be a use to us with that experience at, at some points this season. Because so I think I think technically, I think um, particularly Murillo and Omadomabele are very technically good in terms of the ball playing centre-halves. Niacarte is maybe a bit more gangly, but he kind of gets his head on everything as you saw with a long throw. But I think that um, the kind of the, the counteract to that is they've none between the three of them, they haven't got like massive, because they're all pretty young players. So none of them have got like massive amounts of, of experience, particularly at a top, top level. And I think Felipe's obviously got that with Atletico Madrid and then us at the back end of last season. So I'd, I'd, there'd be times this season where I'd be tempted to to throw him in, to, to, particularly if we go to a, we if he reverts back to a, a back five with the two wing backs and three centre-halves, then maybe play Felipe as one of those two centre-halves and have her over... Murillo and um, Niacarte or Murillo and Omadoma Belli. So that way you've got like two players, two centre-halves pretty quick on their feet and you've got that experience as well. So I don't know whether that might come into his thinking at some point later on in the season. Yeah, it's a difficult one because Bolly is so aerially like dominant. Like it's quite clear. I mean, you can't miss his big ads, can you? No. So like, and, and and to be fair, I think he's been, he, he's been another shout for, for one of our player of the seasons, especially yeah. early on. Yeah. I thought he was, he's been absolutely brilliant, uh, Willie Bolly. So, and I think because he can speak probably Portuguese because he's come from, I think yeah. he's come from Porto. I think like him yeah. next to Murillo is also quite valuable. Um, obviously, Felipe's got 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 that connection with with Murillo as well. Because, but then there's also been a shout for maybe take Murillo out the fire line a little bit. But I think overall, we I, I, we reiterate this: we're, we're okay in open play. It's just yeah. mm. battle. Like we need we need maybe a few step ladders in in the, in the penalty box or something or or whatever. I don't know, but. Just heading, kick it and mark a man for goodness. I hate zonal marking, by the way, guys. It's oh, it's, yeah. It's I remember uh, Alan Hansen on Match of the Day always used to hate zonal marking. I'm like, why do you still do it? Like, I know, it's, it's bloody rubbish. But yes. we're going to look at the uh, other games over the weekend. So Luton are at home to Man United. Everton are playing Palace at home. Burnley against Arsenal. Brentford against Liverpool. Fulham against Villa, and Liverpool against Luton again in midweek as well. Um, it's not it's not their game in hand because they don't play the week after. Weirdly yeah. enough, Luton, um, but definitely a chance to like kind of 
them lose more games and hopefully that morale go a bit down. Although I don't, I can't see it happening. But do you see us gaining, uh, uh, like get, getting any like breathing room against any of those sides, chaps? Uh, Matt, start with you first. So, Walker, do you mean with regard to um, whether we can win on Saturday and get that that breathing space, or just winning yeah. against those teams? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. I think that if results go, I think if results go how you'd like to think they they should. I know the Premier League's not always like that. Then I think that there's a um, there's a there's a possibility of maybe ending the weekend with some form of breathing space. I think what's going to be interesting now from Luton's point of view. Now, everybody on the on the coupon, as I call it, on the on the football better coupon, everybody would have had Luton to beat Sheffield United on Saturday, and and they didn't. Um, and that obviously would have they would have foreseen that as a bit of a setback. Now, I'm not saying. That's going to kill them. They're gone, but it will be interesting to see how they kind of react to that. Because um, I think that was quite a big setback for them. Because that was a real chance to kind of push on. Um, I, I still, I still think Sheffield United and Burnley are probably gone. Albeit Sheffield United got a great result. I think with, I think with Sheffield United, I think they have one really good result, and then they 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 go through situations where they'll lose the next five games. So mm. I, I still think Luton are Luton, of course, Everton are our most likely challengers. Um, but yeah, I'm. I just, I just want us to win on Saturday, and then, like I said, everybody else. I think that's the benefit of playing first on Saturday as well. Is if we can get our business done, clubs, fans of other clubs and clubs itself, Luton will be thinking, looking at Forest, thinking they got a good result. We need to go out and do the business, and we've got a tough game. And and Everton, I'm right to say Everton play Palace on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I think I don't yeah. know when it is, but Everton are at home to Palace, which is a big, massive game yeah. because I think Palace are right in it as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I watched them. Um, I watched them against Chelsea on Monday night. They were poor. I thought Palace yeah. were really yeah. poor. Uh, albeit, I mean, just for a balanced view as well, probably similar to us in a lot of ways. They've got a lot of key players missing, Elise and uh, Palace. But yeah, they. I thought they looked pretty rudderless the other night. I mean, no Gerhi Decore out for the season, no Eze yeah. Elise, who are like their four best players. It's it's a bit bleak as a Palace supporter. But um, Elliot, Luton are playing Man United at home, and I think we're quite we can count count our lucky yeah. stars a little bit that Man United are in a bit of form. Beat Villa, beat Wolves, they beat um, who else? They beat West Ham. So they're they're I think so, yeah. I think I think with Luton they they kind of they're they're playing do you know when they play against teams where they think, Oh, we could beat them. Um yes. and they they, they, they get the forestitis where they get complacent <laughs> and lose or draw. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. For for one thing, um a former captain of ours, which I hope doesn't actually watch this, but like I heavily, heavily backed him until what happened at Luton, which cost us two points, to be honest. Um I've after that, I just sort of thought, why the hell are you still be get, getting picked, to be honest? But uh, those two points could have been very, very valuable right now. But yeah. like I say, you've got to bear in mind that um, Luton do have that survival spirit that we had last season. Everyone thought we were just like down by Christmas. Uh, everyone thought the same about Luton. And surprisingly, they got over 11 points. Uh, I believe it was November, was it? Maybe October? Right. I think so, yeah. They, yeah, they, they seem to, naturally they're doing much better than the other two um the other two sides down there but once again we have to just suggest that this is this is on ourselves i just want none of this all the three uh teams below us are better you know th this is actually on us and yeah and that's right uh west ham win would would help big time with just like the morale in general like i said i'm not i'm not going to say we're I, i'll be satisfied once we're safe yeah. just get us over the line i'm happy 
Well, well, Carl, Matt, I'll, ask, I'll ask the question to you. What's your, what's your thoughts on FFA? It's it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because mm. without being a financial expert or connoisseur or whatever, it, it's difficult. But having spoken to like Everton fans that I know uh, from from local like locally and stuff, they seem to think like we won't get as much of a punishment as as people seem to suggest because. The way I look at it is if we could have sold Brennan Johnson for £30 million to Brentford and, and, the, and if the story is true, we would have been fine. Whether Brennan Johnson would have gone to Brentford is a whole different matter as well anyway because it doesn't just because you accept an offer doesn't mean the player is going to go there. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one because for two months of the season, where uh, two months of the window is still left to go and, we, and then that, that is now closed shop and then we've, been able, we've sold him for £17.5 million. It's all a bit very, very like up in the air, but I'm understanding that every team agrees to that uh, deadline. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I think... so it's, it's a strange one, but I also wouldn't. I don't. I don't understand why the club would then get in one of the best sports lawyers in Nick DeMarco in to come and fight the case if they didn't think they had one, and he doesn't tend to take on cases if he doesn't think he can win either. That's that is literally the the the. the writing in the pudding as you want to call it or whatever so for me i think i think we've we've got a case but whether i still we have broken the rules essentially they're they're there to be to be followed etc but i also think there's a big massive bias against clubs that aren't in the top six and the premier league want to protect their assets essentially because they're the what what brings the money in like your man united's liverpool's man city's chelsea's etc they're not going to be bothered about Little Nottingham Forest or Everton, as Richard Masters called us in court or whatever it was. So it's it's a very very interesting one, um, because I think even if we didn't get a, a a punishment as such, what's stopping Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield United appealing and saying, "Well, hang on, Forest got an unfair advantage." Well, actually, we saw one of our better players. So yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I think for me now, it's about it's all about precedence. I think and this might be quite unpopular. Obviously, because I know Everton know the outcome of their appeal for their first deduction. I think it's at some point next week. I think in terms of precedence being set, I think we need Everton to get points back. Because I think if Everton gets points back, I think the severity of our, our punishment will be will be lesser. Because yeah. I think that it because of because of just how the, the logistics and the circumstances surrounding it play out. And I'm a big believer in, in precedence in life. And I think that it'll be um I think if they can get four, five, six points back, I think that that might minimalise. I've never thought it'll be 10 points, but like I said, hopefully if if Everton can um, kind of overturn their appeal, that might kind of kind of uh, give Forrest more ammo with their case to hopefully for to minimalise um, any, any impending punishment. Yeah, I, I think Everton will get points back, which is also a kick in the teeth for ourselves because they're in... The battle with us, yeah. But I also fully believe that something will click for us defensively, and the attack obviously will take care of itself, and we will start winning games. I do truly believe that. I think we'll beat. I I think we'll beat West Ham on yeah. on Saturday. Um, I I then we- also think we can. We've got enough to pick up results away from home as well. I think we do look a lot better in 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 a lot of areas. It's just something that that thing's got to click into gear, hasn't it? Yeah, we've also got our everyone like seems to forget, but we have got our 
main dominant force back in Taiwo Wanyi. Think about how many points he he won for us last season. Like when he when he's he, he stays fit, you know, he's just he's I, I feel he's just as good as like a Darwin Nunes, etc. There's not many, many number nines in the world that are uh, that are, are better than him really. So now we've got Taiwo back, you know, he'll just you know just give him the ball and he will potentially score and get points for us. I did. I did see him. Uh, I did see some uh, humane thing off of Tywer where he actually got bodied off the ball by Sven Botman on Saturday. It's not very often he gets beaten in yeah. a in a strength battle. But let's finish it off, guys. Elliot, I start with you. What is your prediction okay. for the West Ham game? Uh, it's um, this is one of those that could go either way. Ideally, I'd want it to be three one, but I think it'll actually be. Uh, I think it'll actually be 2-1, but uh, they're going to get a goal from like um, an odd set piece that um, the referee shouldn't have given away. Right. Fair enough. Controversial, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Matt? 5-4 Forest. <laughs> Why not? Why did not? Listen, did you listen to the pod at the weekend where I said 5-3? That, yes. that was brilliant. Three. We loved that. That's... Peak, peak, peak Barclays. Um it's it's funny because uh, Lee knows the referee for Saturday is Thomas Bramall. I okay. said to Lee, just send him a message I, like we play in red, just whistle every time one of ours goes down, please. Like, but I, I I've know. never heard of him. Like, yeah, he's he's he, Lee, Lee. Lee thinks he's quite a good ref, so we'll we'll, okay. we'll see we'll see come Sunday when we absolutely slag him to the hills when he doesn't give us a penalty either or something. I'm sure about it, but um, chaps, it's been lovely to have you both on uh, the red side of the trend. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Elliot, I'll start with yourself. Uh, yes, uh, I do uh, comedy improvisation with um, the local Nottingham uh, improv troupe, which is uh, missing. We play all sorts of like uh, weird improvised games, like like you see on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be um, hosting the workshop at the Malt Cross in Nottingham, and it's completely suitable for the beginners. If you'd fancy just coming along and uh, giving it a go, it's only five pounds to get in, and uh, if you just want to watch, that's absolutely fine as well. Just uh, be nice to us because you know we need the lackable energy. <laughs> Is that like a weekly thing, Elliot? If people want to, come uh, yeah, yeah, it's every Thursday. Uh, also, uh, you'll often like find me in Block P with um, just wearing this Back to the Future two hat. So if you do <laughs> see me, just just uh, just come and say hello. And um, also, the NFFC hashtag is absolutely brilliant like i had uh, mental health struggles uh, two weeks ago and i put something off and i just want to thank everyone for helping me in a very difficult circumstance because i lost someone quite dear to me um, um earlier this month and it was absolutely gutting but there are there are uh, loads of places that will help you if you just uh, like DM red side of the train guys they are absolutely <laughs> wonderful for your mental health and they've helped me out in so many ways and like i say it's just an honor to be here no worries, Elliot. Any time. I mean, I've I've definitely been there myself with mental health. Not maybe not oh. as much as, as as that of losing someone. So I do. So I'm sorry yeah. to hear about that. But you're but, also uh, one of my sober brothers as well. So I'm nearly <laughs> yeah, six years yeah, sober. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Matt keeps trying to get tempted me with a beer every now and every now and then. Matt, I didn't see you. You need it supporting Forest. I know. Yeah, Matt, I didn't see you. At what happened? Yeah, I, really about I a got, thousand people there. I got. I got. I got in so late. Um, I Absolutely literally, crap, I was, it was like, it was about five minutes to, and then I, I, so basically it was an early morning game. So I'd, I'd, I'd had, um, God, you boys put me to shame. You do with your, your sober 
uh, sober personalities, which to be fair, is but to <laughs> oh, it, there's a reason I don't. I'm I'm terrible with alcohol. Like <laughs> I had, a, um, I had, uh, we went. I, obviously, it was a Sunday game, and obviously for me, it's a long train journey. It's about just shy of oh, three yeah. hours. So I, so yeah. I took some, I took some bottles for some Sunday morning consumption, and um, I, by the time I got to Bournemouth, I'd obviously had maybe four or five bottles, and I thought before kickoff, I need to go and get a domino, something doughy something to eat oh, yeah. because otherwise otherwise they're not gonna they're not gonna let me in the ground um so yeah that, 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 that's my uh and then i end up getting getting into a uber and getting into the ground at five minutes to kick off um wow. but yeah you know me Wilco. i'm always about in the town uh yeah pre within the vicinity of kickoff but yeah no um my plugs are not half as meaningful as, as elliot's and elliot just want to wish you all the best with regard to your mental health as well um, well, that's very and, kind of you. Yeah, yeah. If I do have the odd sort of uh, twitchy stuff, it's because I have Asperger's no, no. syndrome. So if I am fine, like rolling my eyes or something, you know, it's fine. It's not I'm such an awkward guy. It's not, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think we all are, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, half <laughs> the people that are close to me so I've got very weird, weird ways. So we're, we've all got them, mate. Do you want one final fact before we go? Oh, yeah, 100%. There are nine hammocks on the moon. Nine hammocks on the moon? On the moon, yeah. They were left there by the last Apollo mission. Uh, there's quite a number of things on the moon, but um, yeah, the most unique thing is hammocks. They don't have any trees, but they were left there by the last Apollo mission because they had to oh. sleep. And yeah, but yeah, that's I'm usually on Brad's vlog as well, just like some, telling uh, this nonsense. Some conspiracy theorists will say we've never been to the moon, but we'll leave that for, <laughs> a, for a not whole whole another pod to, to discuss that. This um, is a football Matt, channel, Matt. There's a there's. You've not. I've not seen you slag off the England cricket team. Are they actually doing all right this season no, against that's India? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. That's tomorrow morning. All right. Follow, follow, follow me. On, follow me on social media for all of the the ball to ball coverage of of the third test in Rajit. Definitely. Well, if anyone doesn't know Matt on, as at City Ground Shelf on on Forest, then I'll be bloody surprised because you're here, there, and everywhere. You get a lot of love, so you're doing you're doing good stuff there, mate. Um, but thank you very much for joining us on Red Side of Trent. We'll see you in the next one uh, when we review the West Ham game. Hopefully, with a lot with a win to discuss, that would be very nice. Uh, come on, you Reds! This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.